um, difficult morning, we'll say. Um, yeah. Got a little bit of a sore throat as well. So, uh, and that kind of comes through on the song choices as well. But let's sing this morning of all places that we need to be this morning. Here is where we need to be. And giving praises unto God. So we're going to sing when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, He'll prepare for us a place. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim's pathway, clouds will overspread the skies. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let's then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toys of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing shout the victory. And onward to the prize before us, soon His beauty will be home. Soon the hurry gates will open, we shall tread the streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory.
through the trials. James says that's what builds endurance. Through those trials, we can still have a joy, even if it's deep down. There's sadness, but the joy of knowing, you and I of knowing, that Christ is still bigger than anything else around us. Amen? So we're going to lift them up in prayer. He asked me to share with you guys that he all they love their church family. And if y'all want to go by there today, that's fine. That everyone is okay to go by there today if you would like to. Also, too, uh, not only to that, I know myself, I'll be going over taking some food. You can take little things over there. If you want to just call them up and let them know you're praying for them, whatever it may be. But they, they are, uh, they most of all covet our prayers. So I encourage you guys to to lift them up. We're going to do that in one accord right now. Father God, I just come before you and thank you that we live in a place right now, Lord God, that in a country that we can gather together as brothers and sisters in this house, that we can gather together in this place willingly and knowingly proclaiming your word, that you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings. And though there's broken hearts and though there's, there's sadness in eyes, you are still God that brings peace and joy in our hearts. So, God, I do lift up Shaney and Bob and the rest of his kids. I lift them up to you, Lord God, and just pray again, as I have so many times in the last few hours. Hold them in your arms. Hold them in your hands. God, just give them your grace, your power, your mercy that can surpass all understanding, Lord God. They know you. They love you. However, in the midst of this trial, they need, may need us to be there, those tethers to hold them to that shore, to, to hold them to that foundation of who you are. God, let us be those people. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your ministry. And God, may you continue to pour out your blessings there. And God, I thank you that not only are you there ministering in such a mighty and powerful way to them right now, you're here amongst us as well to minister to us. That you love each one of us. And that you care about each one of us. And it's because of that you desire to be with each one of us. So Father, I pray your Holy Spirit to be poured out upon this place today. That you will reach down and touch the hearts of your people. May we hear you. May we be quickened by your spirit. And may thy will be done in your house, in that house, and every house that is preaching your name lifted up and glorified this day. Father, may your will be done. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, as we talked about Sunday school this morning, trials. Peter and both, both Peter and James both said that in the midst of the trials, the world has no hope. Therefore they fall into despair. But as children of Christ, we have hope. And in the midst of the trials is when we need to claim that hope. So in the midst of that, we can have joy, and our joy is in hope. So I want you to walk around a second, give somebody a hug, tell them good morning, it's good to see them in God's house, and praise God that our hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'll go ask him to turn his Got batteries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pastor Rose called me to play Rose yesterday. I'm gonna go like this is my road.
Hi, studio people. Just a few announcements. I hope everybody got their bulletin. This is important that you get your bulletin today. It's important every Sunday, but this is this one. She's got the whole list of the events that are coming up this this Christmas season. So I want to encourage you guys to to grab it. Make sure you grab your bulletin and look at those dates. Put them in your phone. Mount them on your mount them. Uh, put them on your refrigerator. However you want to to look at that. Uh, and all those things are going to be fun, and it's going to be a great time of fellowship through those as well. So make sure you mark those on your calendar. We had a great, I, am, I apologize, goodness. We had a great Thanksgiving. We, uh, I can't remember exactly the sign-up. I think it was a little over 40 or 40, 40 folks there on the sign-up list, not counting uh, those that may not have signed up or plates that went out the door. But so we had a, a, a good crowd here and a lot of visitors. Uh, so I praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. Had a good time. Uh, we, we that's what folks that are traveling. We got folks who are traveling this week morning, uh, uh, doing different things for Thanksgiving. Just coming back, I praise the Lord that that God can be God wherever, wherever His name is called. Amen. Uh, but we had a great Thursday, and I look forward to the Christmas season coming up. Also, too, you can see we already have some toys up here. The ladies' Bible study had collected some toys, and other people have collected toys. So we already got the toy run going. So I encourage you, remember our toy drive is on the 17th. That's when we actually deliver the toys. So between now and the 17th, I want to encourage you, if God lays on your heart to, to, to grab some toys to bring to the toy drive, we try to keep it under 12 years old. We don't know the, the separation, how many boys to girls we have as of yet, so just buy whatever the Lord places on your heart. But remember some toys like balls and coloring books and Things like that, or it doesn't matter, boy or girl. Every every kid likes those kind of things. So if the Lord, and, and also too, somebody told me a few years back, well, I don't, I, all I could probably afford is a coloring book and a box of crayons. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. A lot of kids love coloring books and a box of crayons. So if God lays that on your heart, yeah, you too. Yeah, me too, still, if I slow down that long. Absolutely. 
If God lays that on your heart, then let that be what the Lord tells you to bring. But keep your eyes focused on what it is God would have you to do. And guys, keep looking up. Amen? It's Christmas, or Christmas is coming. And it's not about the materialism. It's not about the Black Friday, Black Thursday, Cyber Monday, and next year it'll probably be a bogus Tuesday or something. I don't know. But it is trust in the Lord. It's Christ. It's about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Corey, you got our scripture reading this morning? Father God, I just come before you right now and just ask you in the name of Jesus, touch my brother now and may we feel, feel not feel, but hear your words through him. Just, just thank you for his willingness and his diligence to, to open the word for us this day. And this is a, a day that's Chris, it's a little somber uh, feel to the room, but we know that you are a mighty God. You're a powerful God. You're a victorious God. And may we not forget that victory through the blood of Jesus Christ and enjoy this day. And we're going to enjoy the words you share for through my brother now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Thank you. I like that shirt. Thank you. Good, yeah, Good morning. You. This morning, guys, we're going to have a few verses from Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. Um, first, we're going to start with Exodus uh, chapter 3, verse 11. I'm sorry, verse 13, I'm sorry. Since Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Actually, verse 11 too, I'm sorry. But Moses said to God, who am I? And that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Now we go to chapter four, verse one. It says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Now, verse 10 of the same chapter, guys, says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And last, verse 13 says, but Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Um, for you guys who did not know, this is when uh, God had came to Moses through the burning bush and pretty much told Moses that he wanted him to... Uh, be his servant and to lead his people out of Egypt. When I was a young Christian, my young Christian life, I always assumed Moses was just like, yeah, let's do it. Didn't realize that Moses did not want to do it and that he gave excuse after excuse after excuse of why he should not do the Lord's service. I think a lot of it was out of fear. Uh, I'll be honest to you, fear is a big thing for me too. Um, probably the thing I fear about the most guys is what I'm doing right now is public speaking totally terrifies me. Sometimes you got to see me get up here and I'll stutter through my words. Sometimes I'll be silent for a few seconds at a time because I'm completely lost and don't know what to say. But I have to take that fear in and make sure it does not define me and have me sit in the pew, you know, and do nothing. I got to face it. And I got to go forward and I got to fight it. Let's pray. Dear Grace Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord Jesus, and we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for everything you've given us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just ask that you be with each and every one of us as we go through our daily fears, Heavenly Father. We ask that you give us the strength and the know-how, Heavenly Father, to face them and to take them on, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask that you be with Brother Chris and Pastor Frank this morning as they bring your message through, uh, through praise and through word. In your gracious name, amen. Your exact words.
in kind of this first song too. Sing with us. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will care for you. God will take care of you. Through days of toil when heart doth fail, God will take care of you. When dangers fierce your path assail, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. Will care for you. God will take care of you. No matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Lean weary one upon his breast. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will care for you. God will take care of you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, and worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship. 
worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to fight. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. Worship Your holy name. And on that day, when my strength is failing, the end draws near. And my time has come. Still, my soul will sing Your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore, forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship Your holy name. Yes, I will worship Your holy name. Lord, I will worship Your. Like a river attended my way when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this Blessed assurance control That Christ has regarded My helpless estate And has shed His own blood for me 
Microphone up on your. Oh, it fell, I guess. Sorry. That was reference. Oh. Okay. Just going to leave that one alone, brother. Amen. Now I got to preach after that. Anyway. Matthew 14, we're going to be looking at verses 22 and following. But as we get there this morning, let me just kind of talk a little bit and set this up just a tad. First of all, let me just say we had a great Thanksgiving. As I said earlier, uh, opening the church and had a a lot of visitors here. A couple of things happened Thanksgiving Day that the Lord used to, in fact, I told Sherry it's Thanksgiving. I'm still not exactly sure, or not even exactly, I didn't know what I was supposed to be preaching about. 
a couple things transpired on Thanksgiving Day that, that the Lord used to inspire the service this morning, or inspire the message, I should say. And the first of which was that there was one family of visitors that came from Floresville, and they, they very much expressed to me how appreciative that they, that they were about how uh, we would open the doors to feed anyone who would come in. They said they had never heard of a church opening its doors on Thanksgiving Day all day to just feed strangers. And they, it just impressed them, and they were very thankful for us doing so. And praise God, that is awesome. The other thing that happened on Thanksgiving Day, if you didn't already hear about it, is my brother had a, a, a motorcycle wreck on Thanksgiving Day also. And though he looks really what rough, he's okay. He, he looks terrible. If you, if you, I got some pictures, it just looks rough. Of course, he looked terrible before the wreck, too. But, but saying, he looked worse than he did to begin with. Just kidding. I told him that. I was going to talk about him a little this morning. But those two things happened on Thanksgiving Day. And you may be wondering in your mind, what in the world could these two things have in common that, that a message could be brought out of? However, I think the message this morning that God has laid on my heart is an old message, something that we've heard possibly previously, but I think we need to be reminded of sometimes that we forget about. Now, the first thing I want to speak to before we even get to the scriptures is what it means to walk. What does the Bible say when, when it's walking? The word walk, when we see it in scripture, symbolizes the way in which we live, the way in which we act, the way we conduct ourselves, if you will, the way we walk in Christ. Now, it often also depicts life as a, as a journey. It shows Christians who, who travel around into places here and there to share the gospel. But there's one phrase in there that I want to make sure we understand that it is just a little bit different but carries a powerful meaning to it, and that is to walk by faith. You see, walking by faith is, is a different entity. Walking by faith is, is, is implying that we are confident in our expectation of the things to come. To walk by faith means I can't foretell the future. I can't tell you what's going to transpire tomorrow. I can't tell you what trials I may enter into today. I can't tell you what blessings I may enter into today or tomorrow. But to walk by faith means that I understand that I am going to continue one minute after the next, one journey after the next, one, one trial after the next, understanding that my God is bigger than whatever it is that I come through. Walking by faith means that I can live my life on a daily basis in the midst of my trials or in the midst of my blessings with the realization that my God loves me, that my God cares about me. And regardless of, of where I may be, he is there. That's walking by faith. A, a, a picture just came to mind because, you know, God... God used earthly analogies to explain godly analogies sometimes. Just this past week, my, my daughter Marina had spent Thanksgiving with, with her boyfriend and his family and then came here, but I had texted her earlier and told her, just like I told all my kids, never feel obligated to have to be here because you know we love you. And wherever you are, we love you and we care about you. That's the same thing with God. He, if we truly understand that wherever we are, he loves us, he cares about us, then we can walk every day, whether we're in God's house or whether we're out on a battlefield somewhere, we can walk every day knowing by faith I am where I'm supposed to be. I am doing to the best of my ability, walking by faith. I can, may not have the answers. I may not can tell you why trials occur and some don't. I may not be able to tell you why some blessings occur and some don't. 
But what I can say is by faith, I choose to live my life not focusing on the things around me, but on Jesus Christ. Now, the people of the world are influenced by the things they can see. The people of the world are looking around them. They see wealth. They see power. They see possessions. They they see the things that the world can offer them. But the Christian, if we truly know Christ, should be looking to things beyond. We should be looking uh, at at things that, that there's a conviction within us that we are just passing through, and there's a place that is bigger. There's a place that is better. There's a place that Christ has built of hands not of this world, so that when he comes back, he said, so that you may be with me always. If it was not so, I would not have told you these things. Christ has built for us a home, and for that reason, I don't look at the possessions around me. I don't look at the material trials around me. I don't look at the things that box me in and keep me in my box. I choose to walk by faith, which means sometimes, as Corey said earlier, I have to step outside of that box, because it's not about the box that protects me. It's Jesus Christ who protects me. When we quit focusing on the things around us and focus on God, the Christian looks beyond this world, folks. He looks beyond this into the conviction that God is bigger. Now, to walk by faith requires, like Stormy said in our Sunday school class this morning, that that we have his promises. We need to rely on the promises of God. We need to understand that God is who he said he was. If we don't know Christ is who he said he was, if we haven't studied the promises, if we have not planted his word in our heart, then we will sin against him. But if we plant his word in our heart, so I may not sin against you, as the psalmist said. When we understand his promises, when when we truly have accepted Christ, when we want to really walk by faith, then the Bible becomes important. To those who believe, I would say that there's nothing more encouraging to, to, to see our faith shored up by reading the promises of God and the promises that have already come to fruition. If I know in the midst of my battle, I can draw upon that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, and who dare be against me if God be for me. If I can go to the word of God and know that if I put on my armor on a daily basis, that I have a shield of faith to deflect the fiery darts of the enemy. If I know by the promises of God that he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. If I know that regardless of the battle that I've called, been called to fight, that my God is standing beside me then there's no box that can contain me. And it's because those promises have been placed right here. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word. Faith is to believe in the things we cannot see. And what can I not see? I cannot see the workings of God, maybe. I cannot see his physical hand here and there, but I can sure see the power of the outcome of what he has done. When Jesus walked on the water, there was amazement that went throughout the disciples that was on the boat. Can you imagine, or have you ever thought about what it would be like to walk on the water? That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? It would be pretty neat to be able to walk on water. Now, that's something that we say is impossible, but Peter said otherwise. Now, I will submit to you pretty soon, you can walk on water. There's a company that's building a bridge into the Sea of Galilee by Capernaum, and they're building the bridge two inches under the water so that tourists can walk out on that and take pictures. That sounds kind of cheesy to me, but somebody's going to get rich off that little bridge two inches under the water. We want to look like we're taking risks. We want to, to go out there and, 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 and look like we're doing things. Everybody, I think, wants to be a risk taker, but there's an awful lot of people that want to just look like they're taking the risk. As Corey said earlier, and Corey, I'm going to keep coming back to you because that scripture reading fit right into what I was trying to say this morning. It, it, to step out of the box and speak openly and publicly it is easier for me just because I have a big mouth. 
But a lot of people have a hard time getting up in front of people, especially people who are non-confrontational. They worry about things. But if God calls them to speak, that is getting out of that box. That is stepping out there. They don't want to just look like they're taking the risk. They take that risk. There's a difference between taking the risk and walking out on that bridge that's only two inches under the water. That's not a risk. It may look like you're taking a risk, but you're not really. Christ has called us to fight for him, put the promises of God in us, and walk by faith. And walking by faith means you have to take risks. If you want to fight and be what God's called you to be to grow the kingdom of God, there's going to be risks taken in your life, not just look like risks. There's a whole lot of folks in churches, full churches today, that, that look like they're taking risks, but when you look deep down, there's nothing there. Kind of like I was sharing with Sherry Thursday, somebody hit a deer right outside Seguin, a, a, a very nice rack on this deer. Well, it, it was a big deer. Well, coming home from Thanksgiving, somebody had stopped and cut the head off that deer. I thought, what good is a, is a mount if you didn't actually hunt that? Why would somebody do that? Then I thought, because they want to act like they did that. They're going to tell somebody, look what I did. They look like they did something, but they didn't do anything. Stop on the side of the road and beat the buzzards. That's all they did. How many times spiritually do we do the same thing? We'll do things to look like we're taking risks, but God said take risks. Now, I believe that taking risks is a very necessary part of life, folks. We need to take risks. I know there are those who, who feel like they need to sneak. There's a very cute cartoon. What's the name of that cartoon y'all watched yesterday? Crudes? Cruds? The Crudes. The Crudes. If you've ever seen that, that's what that movie's about. The dad's like, don't take risks. It's okay to be scared and, and live in terror. And then he learns at the end, no, you've got to take risks to live. If I was to title this, it'd be something like, we haven't been called to exist. We've been called to live. And to live means we have to take risks sometimes. It, it, that if without taking risks, no young man would ever get up the courage to put his entire ego on the line to ask some young lady out. Without taking risks, we wouldn't get in our car every morning and, and try to get off to work. Everything we do that means something to us, if we stop and think about it, has some risk involved. There's risk involved in everything that causes life to, to go. Now, I understand some people take it to extremes. But God never told us to sit back in our box, guys. God said get out there to make a move, to grow his kingdom, to get out there and do something. Get out there and, and take the risk to walk by faith, to trust him. As, as Corey shared with Moses a while ago, Moses came up with all kinds of excuses. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get out there and, 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 and speak in front of people. He came up with excuse after excuse, and God took care of all of them and said just just do it. Just step out and be what I've called you to be. Folks, so many times, if we will stop and think about it, God is telling us, take that risk. But we come up with so many excuses why not to do so. And how many blessings have we and others missed because we didn't do it? Because we didn't do it. I could have came up with a million excuses why not to go over to the Corrigan's house last night when they called. I had grandbabies. I had family. I my car wasn't even there. I had to call my daughter to, to bring me my car, which she got a speeding ticket on the way because I told her, I need my car now. <laughs> Oops. There's so many reasons I could have came up with. But no, I need to go where God tells me to go. I need to do what God tells me to do. And it's the same thing with each and every one of us. We need to be and do and take the risk that God's called us to take. In Matthew 14, we look at a risk that was taken. The, the, 
one of the biggest risk takers, if you will. But in Matthew 14, verse 22, as I said, you've probably heard this story before. You maybe even had Bible studies on it. But it's important that we understand what transpired here. In verse 22 of chapter 14 of Matthew, Peter is there in the boat. It says, immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat, go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already over a mile from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against him. Notice that now. The boat was already a mile out at sea. There is no swimming back very well, especially when you realize the boat is being battered by the seas. We're in a storm in the middle of the night. Uh, seas are billowing, and you're a mile from shore. And around three in the morning, he came towards them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, think about that story for just a moment. That's taking a risk. That, 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 that. Here they were in a boat. The winds were making the crossing incredibly dangerous. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's dark. They're a mile from land. They're, they're not in a yacht like you would see President Trump having. They're in a rowboat. That, well, they probably had a sail as well. But they're in a fishing boat. They're being buffeted by the sea. They're being tossed this way and that in the dark of the night. I would, get, I would admit to you, if I saw somebody walking across the water at that time of night in the middle of the, a mile out at sea, I'd be scared too. That would scare me half to death probably. But what happened? Peter had the courage and the faith. Peter had the, the wherewithal to look out there and say, Lord, if that is you, Jesus, if that's truly you out there in the water, then I want you to call out to me. And what did Peter do? He stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water to Jesus. Every part of his being was saying, you can't walk on water. Every part of my being would say, I couldn't walk on water. But Peter put his eyes on the Lord, and when God called, he didn't care that his body said, you can't walk on water. He got out. When we are in the midst of life's storms, when everything's turbulent all around us, and we feel like we're being tossed here and there and beaten up and all around it is then, guys, that we need to keep our focus on the Lord. For if God's called us to go through this battle, then he's the one that's going to pull us away. He's going to pull us through. Do we keep our eyes on God in the midst of these times, or do we look away at our problems? Because what happens when we take our eyes off the Lord, when we look at the waves all around us, when we start thinking about the box of what I can and cannot do, when I start thinking about it, it's impossible for me to step out of this, it's impossible for me to publicly speak, it's impossible for me to to witness to my neighbor, it's impossible, impossible, impossible. We are going to this sink. But when I can look to my God and walk by faith and know that if my God has called me to get out of the boat and my God has called me to place foot after foot on top of the water, if I put my eyes on the Lord and the Lord says do it, I can't tell you how it's possible, but my God says it is. When we take our eyes off Jesus, that's the very moment that our, our faith begins to falter and we pay the price. But when our eyes stay on the Lord, we can walk by faith through the things that the world will say, that's impossible. We can do the same thing that Peter did because the world will be saying, you can't do that. But my God said, come. Peter didn't listen, listen to what the disciples said. You notice there was 11 other disciples. Where were they? They were hunkering down in the boat. 
Peter stepped out in faith. He took a risk. Sure, the, 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 the body said, no, you can't do this. But he stepped out anyway and said, I can. The rest of the disciples, nope. In fact, I can hear them murmuring. The Bible doesn't say it, but can you hear what they're saying? <laughs> Peter's about to drown. Look at Peter. He's getting out of the boat. What kind of goober is he? They stayed in the boat, folks. They loved the Lord. They did. I'm not saying they didn't love Christ. They loved the Lord, but they were afraid to get out of the boat. Most of the time, I would say that we're like the rest of these disciples. We get caught up in everything, the, the comfort zone. Everything's going the way it's supposed to go. I go to church on Sunday. I read my Bible twice a week. I do what I'm supposed to do. I'm getting my card punched. And folks, let me tell you that as long as you're sitting in your comfort zone and you're not taking risks, you're existing, but you're not living. You're existing in God's house, but are you growing God's house? What would happen if every one of us decided to truly take risks for the Lord? Now, I'm not saying you got to all of a sudden go out and jump off a building and say, look, the Lord's going to let me fly. No, that's not what God's telling you to do. But he might be telling you to bake cookies and take them to your neighbor. He might be telling you to, to go to that toolbox next door in, in your work area and say, hey, you know, uh, I was wondering if you would come to church with me this weekend. Oh, pastor, he would never go to church. Why would it it'd be impossible to get that man in church? I'm not going to ask him that. I remember myself when I was working at Kimberly Clark, a very good friendship I ended up building because I went and I asked this young man if he wanted to go to church. I was thinking he needs to probably go to church. Here he is. We were working third shift together. What am I going to talk about? Don't know this guy. Let's just talk about church. Well, it turns out not only does he go to church, he was a pastor as well. And then we really had some great conversation. But I would have never known that if I hadn't got up the courage to go because he was a very quiet man in, in, at work anyway. But if I had never went and started that conversation, where would I be? You know, where would he been? There wouldn't have been that friendship there. God calls us to step out of, out of our box, guys. If we would all start taking risks for Christ, if we would start moving for Christ, things would happen. You know, several years back, I stopped at the, I can't remember the name of it. Rod may know the name of it, but I stopped at the Harley store right outside Austin. And I went in and, and I was looking, pardon somebody said something. Anyway, I, I, was, I was looking at these Harleys, and I was walking all around here, and actually I probably wasn't looking at them. I was more drooling all over them. I was looking at these shiny bikes, these beautiful bikes. I wanted a Harley so bad I could taste it. And the salesman came out, and you know, he tells me how powerful it was. He told me how sleek it was. He told me everything it could do. He didn't know I was sold just looking at it, much less with all his talking. But that didn't change the fact that I couldn't afford it, so I got back on my little Honda 750 and went home a little dejected, if you will. Couldn't afford the bike, but it sure was pretty. Well, a few years later, I go to Home Depot in Seguin, and, and I need to buy a lawnmower. And sure enough, a salesman comes out. Here's this lawnmower, and he's sitting there, and he's telling me how powerful it was. He's telling me how good it looked. He was doing et cetera, et cetera, everything just like the other, basically the same things that the Harley dealer guy was telling me about the motorcycle. This guy was telling me about his lawnmower. Now, let's look at these two items for a moment and think about it just a second. I can ride both of them, but which one of them is the bigger risk? Which one's going to be more of a risk to me? Obviously, the bigger risk is the motorcycle. If it is, it, You can look at the pictures of my brother from Thanksgiving and see that they pose a risk. They do. You can get hurt on a motorcycle. It, it can happen. But my next question would be, which one is more fulfilling? Which one brings more life and more energy into you? I have ridden both, and I can say with all certainty 
that the motorcycle is by far the most fulfilling. By a long shot. The motorcycle is like, yes! The lawnmower is like, oh, I have to mow the yard. The motorcycle is like, what excuse can I come up with to ride today? What I'm trying to point out here, guys, is this. The amount of fulfillment we receive in life, I believe, is directly related to the amount of risks that we're willing to take. In our spiritual life, if we really want to be alive, how much, how much risk we are willing to take for the Lord is going to determine how fulfilled we are in the Lord. If we want to just sit back and do nothing, we may know Him, but our life is going to be so minuscule with blessings. But if I will take the risk, if I will step outside the box, if I will go and say and preach and do what He tells me to go and say and preach and do, the blessings are going to come. And rather than just existing in His house, I'm going to be living in His house. And rather than just hiding in a corner, I'm going to see the kingdom multiply around me, not because of who I am, but because I choose to take that risk. The church... The Christian church, any time it's had any substantial growth throughout history, when we look at it, was during the times that they took risks and actively reached out, obeying the Great Commission, actively reached out to change the world, actively share who Christ was with those around them. Every time the Christian church got away from the, the, the relative safety of their building, the church grew. Every time the church took the Great Commission seriously and went out and started doing what God told them to do and taking risks, Things happened. You know, the fastest growing religion in the world today is Islam. The Muslims do not remain in the shadows and do their best to stay obscure. They proclaim their faith mightily and, and boldly. Now, I don't agree with anything they have to say. But if Christians, and I'm not saying the, the whacked out ones that like to go murdering people, the Islams, Muslims, I'm saying the average Muslims, if Christians would take that same kind of drive. If the Christians would be just as bold about proclaiming their faith, if the Christians would stand up for their rights and tell others about who they are in the same kind of bold fashion, if Christians would take that, that same kind of risk for Jesus Christ that the Muslims take for Allah, if we would get out there and preach the gospel, then praise God, I would tell you that my God is bigger than their God, and for that reason there would be a Christian revival in this world today. But as long as we hide in our churches, in our sanctity, in our piousness, in our square little box, as long as we are afraid to take risks, we will exist. But are we living? We're just riding the lawnmower. When we could be riding the bike. Why? Why? Why won't we take those risks? I would say it's because we haven't really studied the promises of God. Therefore, I have trouble walking in faith. When I walk in faith, I can walk in the promises of God. And if I walk in the promises of God, yell about your Allah. He's nothing to my God. Yell about your materialism. Yell, yell about your atheism. atheism. Whatever. My God is bigger. My God is bigger. There was a time when churches challenged its members to, to reach out for Christ. So many sermons I hear today are about, oh, this is how five lessons on how to be a bit bigger smile. Five lessons on how to be the greatest this or the greatest that. How about five lessons on getting out there and sharing the gospel? How about stepping out of your risk, out of your box and start taking risks? Today we are waiting for the people to come to us when God said, go to them. 
That's one of the reasons why we open the church on Thanksgiving Day. It's not so that we can put a feather in our hat. It's so that the people who hear by Facebook or in the newspaper or, or wherever. In fact, I was sharing with somebody, we had more visitors, I think, than we did the church people that came Thursday. Hallelujah. Let them know that it's okay. It doesn't matter what church you're from, denomination that you're from. I want you to know that Jesus Christ provides these things. Sure, it's a lot of risk. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of food that goes into it. However, I would think everyone involved, whether it's Stormy, Wendy, the, the Higdon's help, the Farida, the Sherry, there's so many helpers. Every one of them would tell you it's worth it. You know, it's kind of like the story of the fishermen. Let's say that you went fishing, guys, and, and you went and you spent half a day finding the right site. Then the next half of the day, you set up your tent, your, your, your grill, you set up all your stuff, you've got everything going on. The next morning, you get up, and you go, and you find the most perfect flat rock right by the river, and everything looks good, and you start casting. After two hours, you haven't even got a nibble. Now, you look a couple hundred yards down the river, and you see the fish are jumping everywhere. So the question then comes to mind, do you demand those fish to come that 200 yards down to where you're at? Or do you pack your stuff up and move down there where they're at? Which one's going to catch the fish? Are the fish going to swim back the river down to you just so you can catch them? No, probably not. However, if you pack your stuff up, yeah, it's work. Oh, but I just put my tent up. Oh, I got my heater just right. I just built a fire pit. Yep, you got all that comfort. But the fish are down there. Do you want to catch fish or do you want to sit in your camp? That's the question. It's no risk sitting in camp. You got everything there. There's a risk if I pack everything up, move down there, they might move another 200 yards. But you know what? If you want to catch fish, go where they're at. You got to take that risk. Many churches spend a lot of time talking about how they reach the lost, but unfortunately, there's very little willingness to do what it takes sometimes. Oh, I don't know why young people have to listen to that kind of music if they're going to worship. They ought to listen to mine. Or these millennials, why do they have to have IT and see bright lights? You know, they can sit in their pew just like I did when I was young. That doesn't catch fish. Sometimes you've got to take a risk. Sometimes you've got to step out of your box. Sometimes you've got to go where the fish are. We need to start taking risks for Christ because if I remember right, when he said in the Great Commission, I don't remember him saying, sit there and they'll come to you. In fact, I think he said, go ye, therefore. I think he said, go out and beat the highways and the byways. Beat the bushes and invite them in. Oh, but that's a big risk going and beating the bushes. I might get splinters. I might get tired. I might get this. I'm not a public speaker. I can't get it in front of people. I can't shake hands with people. I don't know my Bible well enough. I, 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 I. Walk by faith and watch what God can do. Walking by faith means taking risks. You can choose to sit on the lawnmower or you can ride the bike. I would submit to you this morning there's a fork in the road. We've been walking down that Christian highway. Praise God for that. If you know Jesus Christ, hallelujah. But there's a fork in the road and in that fork, you realize I can't walk both ways at once. I can only do one or the other. I have to make a, a viable decision what I want my life to be. Do I want to sit and take the fork that's steeped in tradition and box and, and no risk taking? 
Or do I want to take the fork that means I'm going to have to step out just a little bit? I'm going to have to do things I'm not accustomed to. I think we know the facts, but we don't realize the consequences. When we, when we just exist, sure, you're saved. You know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, praise God. But how many others could you have taken the glory with you if you had taken the risk and walked by faith? How many others could have heard a promise in the midst of their own trial if you just walked by faith and spoke when he asked you to? The question comes down, do you want the safety of the lawnmower or you're willing to have the fulfillment of riding that motorcycle for the Lord? Taking the risk for the Lord. And men, don't go home and tell your wives that the pastor said you get to buy a motorcycle. It's an analogy. It's an illustration. Actually, go ahead. We need more riders here anyway. But anyway. Do you want to take risks and, and live or sit in a safety and exist? Praise God for Corey's testimony up here at his scripture reading this morning. Praise God for Bob Braden, a young man who's willing to come up here and not only do scripture readings, but he's even brought a message once or twice. Praise God for, in, at breakfast this morning, I, I was joking when I, I, I had everything set up, ready to serve, and said, okay, we're going to pray. And I jokingly asked Jay, Jay, you want to pray this morning? And before I could say anything else, he said, sure, and broke out into a great pray, prayer, little Jay and prayed over our breakfast this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah when we're willing to step out of our box and do what God's called us to do. Things change. Lives are changed. You have to make that choice this morning. You ready to live, or you still want to exist? Now, if you want to live, the first thing, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't call out to Him from the boat because you don't even recognize who He is. You need to know him first. I thought, Lord, save my soul. When, G when Peter looked down into the water, he said, Jesus, save me. If you're drowning in your trials right now, then I would say, look up and say, Jesus, save me. But not with your mouth, with your heart. You have to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, first and foremost. But if you do, and once you do, it's then that you can live and walk by faith. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word. This is what brings you to the ability of walking by faith. In the beginning was the word. The word was God and with God. This is God. God's word to you and I. Not the book. But what this book contains. What this book contains. It's your choice this morning. I praise God that in the midst of, as Chris said earlier, we're in a somber morning. There's a part of our family is, is hurting today. But I will also say there's a part of our family that's in the process of healing already. You know why? Because they knew the one that could be the great healer. And we are those red blood cells, if you will, that are going to be used by God to heal those hearts. But you've got to take a risk. Where are you at this morning? You don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, then I'm going to say that's first and foremost. If you do, I don't have to beat that into you. You know the decision I'm putting before you this morning. You choose. Every one of us individually. Your wife can't choose for you, nor can you choose for your wife. Each one of us individually this morning has to make the choice. You either choose to just exist in the Lord, or you choose to live for the Lord. 
Now he said, if you choose to live for me, the world's a scary place, but be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. There's going to be hard times. That bike may break down. Look at my brother's head. It may fall down at times. The great thing is, my God's going to stand you right back up, never leave you nor forsake you, and keep you moving right along if you choose to. It's your decision this morning. I want to ask us all to rise. I want to pray. This altar will be open. I'll pray with you. You can go across the aisle and pray with a brother. Maybe God's telling you to get on your knees where you're at or to sit in your pew where you're at. But will you do what the Lord's called you to do this day? Will you step out in faith? Walk by faith? Take the risk? Now again, when I say take risks, I'm not saying silly things. Don't jump out in front of a car and say, my God will save me, unless God told you to jump out in front of that car. Now I'll be honest with you, for me to jump out in front of a car, it's, it almost have to come from a burning bush. Don't twist God's words. Let him speak through the Holy Spirit that dwells in your heart. And do what he tells you to do. And when you say, but I can't speak. I don't even know my neighbor. You want me to do what? Say, thank you, Lord. I'll do what you say. And watch the blessings. Father God, I come before you this morning. I thank you that we can put our faith in all we are in you. And know that you are God that you are Lord, that you are King of kings, and that though we may not have all the answers, you do. And though we may not comprehend how you'll make us to do the things you called us to do, if we just call out to you, you will bring us across the water. God, help us through our trials. Help us help others through their trials. And most of all, Lord, help us to learn not just to exist, but to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. As Chris plays and sings back here this morning, if God's called you to step to this altar, do so. Maybe he's called you to make a decision today. I choose to live. Then choose life. Do it. Do it. As we sing, brother.